it's based off of necessity. A lot of people are uh, witnessing the frustrations of, of inflation right now. And before that, it was COVID that showed us the fragility of our food system. So within that chaos is a wonderful emergence of opportunity that we need to be in relationship to co-create with Earth. And we need to uh, be stewards again of Earth and kind of reclaiming our responsibility to Earth. So five or ten years from now, I can see the um, landscape uh, figuratively and literally changing within just uh, localized platforms front yards won't just be cut clean and nice and you know the little lines in the front i'm seeing wild plants uh you know pollinator pockets front yard gardens backyard gardens i'm seeing communities rallying to support each other as far as infrastructure and kind of building their own uh trade systems um i, I just really see it coming back to where we are more in the line with our passions and purposes versus uh, bills and, and you know our, our monetized gains. The Grow Dialogue podcast is a liberation project that explores equity, inclusion, belonging, conflict resolution, and culture in the workplace and beyond, including in our personal relationships, families, and communities. Each week, my co-host Mariella Marie and I will bring you insightful guest interviews and artistic expressions curated to amplify emerging voices who are sharing practices that support society's transition to a more collaborative, just, sustainable, and liberating coexistence. We live during a time when divisiveness and polarization dominate the social, economic, and political discourse. In response to this reality, and empowered with the skills of authentic dialogue and systems thinking, I created an anti-oppression framework for social sustainability called theory of indivisibility to help illuminate a different path forward. Our hope is that these conversations and calls to action will ignite tolerance and empathy and provide guidance for our global listeners who want to actively engage in ending all forms of oppression while creating thriving relationships in the workplace and beyond. I'm Dr. Sunjata Sunjata. Let's grow dialogue. All right. My partner, my partner, Lawrence, Nature Boy Sills. Thank you for being here with me, good brother. Uh, that's respect. That's respect. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thankful for having me on this platform, man. I'm, I'm out here. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go, man. Well, you know, for those who are, you know, listeners of the Grow Dialogue podcast, those of you who are watching, uh, this is my fam. You know, we go back a few years now. We've been out here collaborating in, in grassroots work in the metro Atlanta area. So I'm really excited for all of you to get to know Lawrence Nature Boy, Nature Boy Seals, uh, or as he likes to say, Southside Nature. And I'm sure he'll he'll yeah. share some of his handles <laughs> with you all. But I'm excited for you all to meet him because Lawrence is one of those people that I respect because he's a doer. You know, a lot of people talk about it, but Lawrence is about it. He's about that action. And that's, that's what I, I love about this man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, absolutely, man. No more talking. We got to get action. We got to put on boots. We got to get the rolling, knocking on doors, the whole nine, man. Everything, every stone got to be unturned, man. It's that time. No doubt. No doubt. So let's, let's jump right into, you know, sharing with the people who you are, man. So the way I like to ask it is, you know, who are you? And more importantly, how would you define yourself? Oh, man, who am I? El Naturino, the South Side, the rowdy man, uh, free thinker, man, uh, uh, lover of all things, master of none. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically, I would define myself as someone who, who just wants to be authentically me. Uh, I, I want to be able to be received and loved and cherished as just being me. And I, I want people to be themselves just and have that freedom. Uh, so I guess I'm, I'm one of those, I guess it would be considered radical because we kind of break it outside of the mold of the normalcy um, just by being ourselves, but in authentic ways and formats, man. That's just really what I advocate, what I stand for. That's who I am. That's how I show up. Um, in a greater sense of, of purpose-wise, um, I am a, a organizer on a community level as it pertains to hyper-local food systems. And that's that's my passion. That's what's driving the boat and has been for some time now. Um, 
that's all we talk about, all we dream about, all we eat about. Like it's just how we how are we going to change this for the better for everyone um, as it pertains to food systems and, and accessibility of, of nourishing foods and nutritional values. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. man, that's that's I love it, I love it. Um, so tell the people where you are, where are you located? Oh man, we all in that south, man, south side of Atlanta, Clayco, to be exact, Riverdale. Um, about 15 minutes south of Atlanta. Okay. And so you talked about, you know, being a lover of all things and, you know, being about freedom and, you know, authenticity and, uh-huh. you know, living that way, you know, in every, in, in pretty much every element and every way you live. Um, in addition to being an organizer who's all about, you know, advocating for hyper local food systems. So before we get deeper into what that means, could you give us some insight into your journey to becoming who you are today? You know, like when, yeah, did, you get, when did you get clarity on on who you are and your purpose and the ways that you just defined yourself? Um, I believe it's kind of like a, a slow rolling to understanding oneself because it's, it's many layers. So I say the beginning started in about 2010 um, and I was out of the military and I was, you know, doing therapy and and things to combat uh, combat PTSD and anxiety. And uh, they recommended that I went to gardening sessions and started to ground myself. And, and that's a form of healing. That was a part of our uh, daily thing, but it kind of overtook me and I really found joy in just being outside. And so I started being a hobby gardener around 2010 uh, with my family, my wife and my, my young kids. And, you know, it kind of, you know, just stayed there where I just kind of started learning about plants, not really delving into it, but just learning to kind of water them on a certain schedule, small things. Uh, around 2014, my perception to just that small gardening uh, kind of changed because we were in the middle of Stone Mountain at the time. That's on the east side of the time. Um, we were in Stone Mountain in a small duplex and I went to a local Kroger's and um the area i was in is only two stores to shop in a walmart and a kroger and those two areas i chose the kroger after work one day i was just stopping in to get some bread some small things and it happened to be a friday afternoon and the ebt system was shut down and i'm just looking around carts everywhere people in like kind of chaos um I, i can just remember people saying i don't have you know time for this because i gotta feed my kids my kids my kids my kids um fast forward i went to another store it was the same same scenario shopping carts were abandoned the store was in disarray it's a lot of chaos a lot of civil unrest is what i would classify it as and i ended up just paying for my things out of cash i didn't know i thought the whole system was down it just turns out the ebt card system was down so i just ended up paying with cash but i was walking out the store and kind of just taking it all in um just being a father and you know just somebody who was always kind of like a, a preparedness mindset and mentality i was just looking like man these like a lot of us on this lower income sketch us um, um scenario lower income areas don't have the opportunity to stock our shelves or our pantries and we kind of live check check and if something was to happen something like an ebt system that most people in my neighborhood rely on uh it can cause a lot of chaos so it kind of made me take a step back and beef up my gardening and kind of get a little bit more serious about it uh fast forward to 2017 we bought our farmstead here in riverdale and i went full scale agriculture and uh got our farm plot number through the usda became a certified farm and i'm a fan of reverse engineering so I got all the paperwork out the way and then went in to investigate how I was going to make my money, how I was going to make it work. Um, started going around the other farms and asking them about their process, uh, how they make their money, you know, what kind of soil structure they have, what, what are their amendments. Just getting a lot of different tidbits of information and I was pulling them back to my little uh, three and a half acres in Riverdale and it just didn't seem sustainable. The, the, the numbers weren't adding up to me. Um, it didn't really make a lot of sense uh, because with, with um, commercialized agriculture, you're supposed to clear cut your land, get rid of all the trees, get rid of all your biodiversity and then bring in these inputs. And every time I turned around, it was like stacking up on the, on the dollar side. 
And I kind of just turned away from it because I didn't see it as being sustainable even when I got past all that rigmarole and down to the nitty gritty of how much I would make per bushel of greens or, you know, pounds of onions, what have you. It just didn't seem right. Uh, so I kind of went the homesteading way. And um, that's where I kind of found a, a lot of more, a lot more security because I just, instead of farming, which is just growing food specifically to sell, I chose homesteading, which is growing food to sustain yourself. So uh, minimizing and closing that circle when it comes okay. to um, sustainability. So we chose to be a homestead instead of a farm. And that really minimized a lot of my overhead as far as just bills, because we're a family of six. We have a, a good little uh, uh, food bill. Uh, so every month I was making a huge impact. So where I could now I can scale down from working full time to part time. And then I started figuring out that people were interested in learning how we did it. So he turned into basically agro-tourism, agro-education. And right now we just show people how to live sustainably where they are. And that's really like the driving force for my passion right now. That's kind of where I melted into myself and finding myself because I'm, I'm able to help so many people just by living my authentic life and like not having to dress it up or dress it down people can meet me here with dialogue we can chat it's community building it's food operations it's everything entangled by interconnected right um yeah, so yeah. that's kind of yeah that's that's where i am right now man that's that's a that's a wonderful story man it seems so basically you know you you looked around a few years back and noticed the problem and you said you know i don't want to be one of these people standing in this line unable to feed my family and decide to take right. things into your own hands and you know i i, I love how by doing that you became self-sustainable self-sufficient to a greater degree um but also you went beyond that and you also became an organizer and you started reaching out and sharing that knowledge and that info with others. And so before, you know, and I know there's some other things that you've done with it that we're gonna, we're gonna get into, but I also wanna dig into a little bit more about the person that you speak to that you are. You know, this person that says, I don't wanna just get this information for myself. I wanna be able to share this information with others. When did you, when did you learn that you had this passion for people and this passion for helping? Because that's how we met. You know, I met you as someone who was looking to reach out to the community, share your space with others, and let your space, this land, this 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 property and the land around it, be a space where people from the community can come to learn, to share information, share resources, etc. You know, when did you discover that you had this this I guess this innate care and this innate love for others and in your community? Um, I think. I can't really put a time frame on it, to be honest. I think um, I see it more as a responsibility. And maybe the innate sense of it is that we all have this responsibility and we have to challenge ourselves to hold ourselves accountable. Um, so as far as the, you know, the passionate side, I can't really speak on like when I found it. I just, again, like I'm saying, like when I say boots on the ground and knocking on doors, I don't do that for the love of, like, it doesn't feel good sometimes. Sometimes I get cursed out for knocking on doors, you know, in the wrong neighborhood. And, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's not good. It, it doesn't feel great. But I have to move to the next door with the same spirit because I feel it's my responsibility uh, more so than my passion. And I think uh, it kind of just, I guess it was just a natural manifestation. As, as again, we kind of find ourselves. I'm a, a, And my nickname is Nature Boy. But it's like not not Ric Flair, not an old Ric Flair, but nature's boy. So like m Mother Earth. And so I feel like that that reciprocal value of giving back to Mother Earth, which we take so much, is just like it's necessary. So that's kind of my play on it is like, no, it's my responsibility to get out here and spread the word as much as I can, because each person can make an impact that assists the earth in repairing itself or herself or however you want to classify the earth as being, but it is a being. So mm -hmm. that's kind of where I found that, I guess the passion or the the moral compass, I would say to kind of, you know, just be about that action instead of just lollygagging and waiting for the change to happen. Actually just, just being the change. Okay, so being the change, you know, I, I hear you, man. You say 
you feel like it's a responsibility and it don't feel good, you know, to go knock on doors. Because again, yeah, you do it. You you out here knocking on doors, trying to get people in the community involved and get them active and let them know, hey, I got some resources over here around the corner. I'm your neighbor. You know, I know I've known you to be to do that, to do that in terms of your organizing work. Um, you know, you say it's um, it, it, I know it don't feel good, but I still feel like it's purpose driven. You know, I feel like, you know, because everyone doesn't do it because it is hard right. because it won't feel good, but you're being pulled. And I can understand why you say, you know, I don't know where it comes from because, you know, I, I, I can relate. And I think that's why we connect because like, yeah. even for me, you know, I kind of just over time evolved into this understanding that I just love people. I love like nature. I love, you know, I just love. And I, and to the point, you know, you see the shirt and I started putting out the message. I love y'all some years ago and wearing the message because it's true and mm -hmm. but I don't it, it just kind of emerged it just evolved and it's like my care and my passion for people inspire me to put out content like we do through this podcast and other podcasts that I've done it inspires me to write you know it inspires me to speak and, and train and you know so while I hear you you know, I, while I hear you, I feel like you, I, I just say, I say all I have to say, I feel like you, uh, you're kind of downplaying it uh, by saying it's just a responsibility because, you know, a lot of people could step up and take on that responsibility, but they don't. And I just think there's yeah. something special about you and it's something that's pulling you towards doing that work. Yeah, I guess you could say it's definitely like purpose driven. Um but I guess my purpose would lie in understanding uh, the magnificent place that we reside in and paying, uh, you know, respects to the earth and, and just kind of, I guess that's that's what it is. If, if anything, to nail it down, like, yeah, I, it's, it's my love of what we have here and my love of, of being able to come out and, and ground myself and have peace. You know, looking at the plants and the animals, it sounds cliche, man, but that's really it. Like, that's my, again, like I found this space mentally mm -hmm. going through therapy and understand uh, somebody recommending me to, hey, go out here and, and, and this grounding technique is mm -hmm. one that you can, that's kind of where it emerged. So okay. that's the, that's the drive, that's the pinpoint of it, but the driving force Again, I think the driving force is more important than the inception or the conception of the, the thought or the thing. It's the discipline to get out there and do it. So that's why I always, I'll rely more so on the responsibility because I, I, I know when it doesn't feel good and then I still have to do it. It's kind of like gardening. Yeah. Sometimes you get down because it's aphids or vine boards or your harvests are coming in like you want it to but you still have the responsibility or the discipline to get out there and continue to do it continue to till the ground continue to do things organically and that's kind of where i kind of separate the purpose from the just sheer responsibility because i want my kids kids to have a place to live that's as wonderful as we have now and if we continue to let uh, big corporations or just the cultural in it, culture in and of itself to kind of blot out nature to turn mm -hmm. us back away from nature now two generations from now they won't even have what we have now and so that's kind of that's the more more of the moving factor maybe i'm paying it forward okay okay that responsibility to play, play it forward well i appreciate you bringing up culture because that's a good transition into the theme of you know this 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 episode and and you being a guest during our popular culture theme and you know typically when i think about popular culture you know uh or i i used to think that it was more so about like what's going on in music and movies and the lives of celebrities and things like that yeah but my understanding of popular culture has evolved as well as you know how we cover popular culture through the girl dialogue podcast is much more broader than that so you know, when I think about popular culture now, I think about the systems, the ideas, the beliefs, the social norms, et cetera, that the majority of people in society have embraced and accepted. And so the Grow Dialogue podcast, we seek to amplify the voices of people like yourself who have stories and initiatives that we feel like need to be a part of the larger popular culture conversation. So, you know, we're, we're, we're saying, 
there's more to pop culture than what others are talking about and we're 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 extending our brand of popular culture you know through this this platform so you know one of the things that you you start to dive into that i think is uh, appropriate for for this segment um is your love for nature and your responsibility to uh be in relationship have a, a certain type of relationship with nature as nature's boy you know um that you're going to it's almost like a reciprocal you kind of spoke to some like symbiotic and reciprocal relationship because you're honoring like nature does and gives you know us so much and i feel like you've noticed this pattern over your life where a lot of humans have turned their backs on nature and kind of ignore nature in their day-to-day -day goings comings and goings especially you know a lot of corporations over the last few decades that have led to some environment a lot of environmental degradation you know um pollution and you know deforestation and all these things that are impacting our climate etc so if i would like again one of the things that i find that's unique about you is yeah we could have a conversation about farming growing food and, and feeding your family but for you it goes beyond that you know you call yourself wow. nature's boy for a reason and so in in terms of encompassing you know a popular culture theme around nature if you can explain like us or like having a relationship with nature and what that means to you and you know just what you're doing to to honor nature in the ways that you see best if you can shed some light on that that would be great yeah absolutely i think um you know it's uh we're naturally built in, the, in that symbiotic relationship um the, the, the whole universe is built in that relationship and it's it's really impossible to deny nature in that relationship because oxygen co2 grass uh things that have to be de decomposed also turn back to nature so living beings go back to the earth so it's just all, always a cycle and i think our day-to-day -day routine as you spoke of is just the simple thing that drags us out because we're we're more so concerned about you know uh material things um or kind of panicking about where we're going to get the next meal from or how we're going to pay this bill so we're kind of pulled away uh systematically from nature um the thing that i do the most that's kind of like i guess my thing and kind of stepping out from just being a, a homesteader is I realized that until we all do it to a certain degree, my little piece of what I do is not going to make that much of an impact. Um, so even with homesteading, um, in the last couple of years, I realized we have a, a spring fed lake in the back. We got chickens, we got rabbits, we got sheep, we're growing our food. Um, we have everything here, but I, I quickly, you know, went to my neighbors and and started to get them to growing too and understanding that this is necessary too for you because I can't grow enough for all of us, right? So the whole thing is just like, if we all start playing a part in a minimal capacity, at least we'll under, and I call it the snowball effect. Once you start growing something or composting or doing anything, even identifying wild plants, going outside and noticing the difference of the trees that you have in your neighborhood, it um, almost compounds every year and you kind of get drugged into it more and more because it's the natural pool. And uh, I think just us being in nature and us being uh, in partnership with nature is a natural thing. And, and, and I believe it's just getting back into that balance of that reciprocal cycle of, of just kind of um, just starting somewhere. So for me, it was just getting my neighbors to start growing as well and kind of understanding like hey we can, we can all do it uh even if i'm growing more than you it's okay because now we can trade things we can barter we kind of get back into that community mentality and kind of uh stepping away from from capitalistic mentalities of just hey i have this you ain't got it i can't work with you it's more like no let's be in you know it kind of redevelops our culture as well so if I come out of nature and I can witness it for free and get it for free and give back for free, then when I look at my neighbor, I'm prone to kind of go that route as well. And I'm, I'm living it so I can speak with it with, with um, a sense of um, surety. But um, I, I wasn't raised to think like this. I was raised like most people. Um, right. Get it, get it, get it, grind, 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 right. get the well, car, get the well. shoes, 
big big house the whole nine and it was it wasn't until i started really embracing nature um if we can kind of paint it like a thing yeah and getting back into balance it wasn't until i got there to where i started looking at things different everything shifted within my mentality um so it was a cultural shift for me um so that's all i do is invite people um my neighbors specifically or online you know worldwide web social media I just invite people to understand that yet we don't have to hoard it. You can, you ain't got to hide it. You can divide it. It's too easy. And especially when everybody's playing their part, it gets easier. So again, back to my, you know, realization or revelation uh, three years prior, um, I understood that, yeah, it's, even if I have everything on my own and my neighbors don't, then that, that literally is like, it's selfish. <laughs> like, who are you to have all this stuff? And then you didn't, you didn't even share with your neighbors the insight on how you got it. Like, nah, come on, let's start knocking on doors. Right. And that's just really where it came from. And that's what I believe in. Just on a, on a grander scheme, um, uh, we have the app Farm Fresh 24-7, which is hyper-local food system uh, platform. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been kind of connecting those dots within our food web on a localized measure to kind of just get all growers in the area to kind of connect and be able to resource share and my urge to them again is to step out into your community because it's my, it might be people out there who want to learn, but they have no no nobody to look look to or work under. Right. Um, so I'm just moving them to kind of like, hey, go knock on some doors yourself, or put your garden in your front yard instead of the backyard. Right. Don't worry about people coming to steal it. Like maybe you put an extra bed for free. So we right. give a lot of our stuff away. So maybe put an extra bed in the front for free. And it really opens up conversations. People will walk right past or drive right past are now stopping and saying, hey, what is that? Is that rosemary? Hey, do you do this? So it's like engaging again. And now I can, again, plant that seed into them. And now they can go forth in their front yard and do the same. And if we just continue that model, again, here here we are with that circular theme. Yeah, yeah. So let me let me jump back in because, I mean, wow. I mean, you just share so many things that bring up so much for me you know, around where we are as a society. And at the heart of it, you know, right at the beginning, you talked about sharing, you know, and you gave the example of the oxygen CO2 cycle, which is a powerful example for me. And it's something that I literally, probably a week doesn't go by where I don't think about that, that symbiotic give and take relationship that we have with with nature in that way. And how that has, how that informs so much of my life when I came into this understanding that the most, um, let's just say the one element, the one relationship or one element that we need in order to get at or do anything else that we do, which is if we can't breathe oxygen, we can't live. We're not building wealth. We're not buying cars. We're not buying houses. We're not getting out here and grinding. We're not playing sports, watching movies, anything if we can't breathe, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and you know, if I think about the other elements of things that we need to survive as humans at the most basic level, right? Food, shelter, clothing, things like that. There's now a corporation in between that operation. There's a corporation and then there's business and there's a transaction that, that, that has been, um, um, taken from the symbiotic give and take relationship that we once had with nature for those elements as well. And now there's a transaction, there's a business, there's something in the way of that. There's a middleman, there's a middle system elements, et cetera. But there isn't one, or let me say this, we've been brought up to think if we, in order to get what we need, we gotta work to be able to buy, et cetera. We gotta be able to, you know, transact. However, there's this one relationship that corporations and man haven't gotten in the way of yet. And that's our relationship with oxygen and CO2. I'm sorry, our relationship with oxygen and, well, let's say, you know, plants and trees, et cetera, who give us oxygen and we give them CO2 in return. And again, it's the perfect example of biomimicry. And when I say biomimicry is how, you know, what I feel like everything that you just share is an example of biomimicry and is basically duplicating what nature does for us. Nature says here, you know, because we have a relationship, we can share this resource. We don't have to pay anyone to breathe. We don't, there's no corporation or system in the way of us breathing and sharing that CO2 with, with the plants and them sharing oxygen with us in return. And I mm-hmm. feel like nature gives us the perfect blueprint on how to thrive and survive by literally 
sharing these natural processes and these natural resources. And I feel like everything that you just shared, everything that you just said speaks to that and is an example of biomimicry because it speaks to sharing. Now we've grown up because of a lot of reasons that I won't get into here, um, but we've grown up in a society that says, like you said, hoard. It says build wealth. Success is building wealth. Well, what is wealth? Wealth is having more than you need. Wealth right. is having an access of resources beyond what you need. And I always like to say, because a lot of people, you know, including myself at one point, were, they're all about building wealth. That's a marker for success. And the thing that I've come into the understanding of is that there would be no context for wealth if there wasn't lack, if there were, mm -hmm. wasn't poverty, if there weren't people who didn't have enough. Because otherwise, if we just shared everything, there would be no, the concept of wealth wouldn't even exist. And I like to right. say, so one of the things I like to say now is if you want to end poverty, you got to end wealth. But that that's that's a harsh statement for a lot of people. I know some people listen to this right now, like what? Like yeah. we're, we're raised and indoctrinated from an early age that building wealth is like the marker for success. But in nothing mm -hmm. that you said that brings you joy or that is a marker for success is about hoarding, is about giving, is about sharing. So, right. you know, one of the reasons why I was so excited to bring you on is because you're like a living example of someone who isn't out here looking to build wealth in any context. You're looking to have enough for your family to survive, but also you're looking you're looking to then share what you're able to cultivate, your skills, your knowledge, you know, your your resources, and you're looking to share that with others. And the other thing that I've noticed in our society is we've gotten more and more into this individualism, this wealth building hoarding mindset. More and more people are now saying how they're lonely. More and more people mm. don't know their neighbors, the people that live right in their neighborhood. We can't, you know, knock on doors without people being like, yo, who are you? Or, you know, right. what are you doing knocking on my door? It's like an offense now to knock on your right. on your neighbor's doors. It could be people that live five, 10 houses down from you and have no clue who you are or what your life is about. But right. you know what? If you're growing food and you're sharing it or something along that that chain or some you you have a skill, you're, you're creating something and you're sharing it, you you're taking something that in many, many years past that we people did, right? And you're right. getting back to it because I know that's what your movement is all about, getting back to that. Now you see the loneliness epidemic, you know, going away because now we're starting to build those local relationships. So, you know, when I hear you say hyper-local food systems, I know that there's a greater movement beyond food. It's also about building relationships and getting back to being a true community. And Absolutely. the ways that corporations and wealth building mindsets have robbed us of this very natural desire as humans that we have. So all those things came up for me as you were speaking, and I thought it was a good time for me to kind of spill some of the ways I think about it. Do you have anything you'd like to add or, or anything came up for you based on what I just shared? No, I definitely, that, that was it, man. I know we kind of already been in, in cahoots, man, for so long, we kind of know each other. Uh, but yeah, that, that was really the, 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 uh, the, the master plan behind it all, right? <laughs> right, it's just like, <laughs> aside from the food it was like man if you start growing something so my whole plan is to get five neighbors to grow three different things and then we start exchanging and that, those five neighbors three things that's 15 items now but more so than the items you just built relationships with five of your neighbors and I, i'm going to probably coin it as like a gardening bloom i want to kind of do it like a challenge man but it's literally impacting your community to where now those uh generational age gaps are kind of closing you get I get a, a slew of different ages here, um, the whole nine, and it's just beautiful to see the, the 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 older generation who doesn't know the younger generation kind of mingling and interacting in an authentic way and kind of being able to open up conversations about hey what's going on in the neighborhood or what's going on here. And so the bigger picture is community because again that was my realization like you can't do it by yourself. Right. You're not supposed to be alone. And it's not supposed to be that hard either. Like right. that's kind of where people's mind goes when they think of food systems. They think, ah, oh, I can't do that. I didn't grow up doing that. I don't have no grandfather that did it. I don't have no land. And it just automatically off, out of the gates, it seems uh, unrealistic. So right. that whole going food together thing, when I just say, oh, just grow three things. Well, okay, I can, I can work with three. 
and you know just kind of again just making that that transition easier and then again when you have support that's the community so we all know we need that support element so here we are trying to shift our cultural norm we have to have that support team so we can go back and dialogue about hey how did your day go when you went to knock on somebody oh yeah i ran into that too hey keep on pushing keep going da 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 so it's just like we, we have to start there and that is the, the master plan within the scheme is literally like learning who your neighbors are again because now what can we do when we know our neighbors we understand what they do oh you're a mechanic well hey you mind if can you take a look at my car real quick and you know in exchange I have some eggs, you know, I can swap it out or I can, you know, pay you right. as we go. Maybe it's a month long thing, but it's like, it's so many opportunities that present itself. So we just did a growers exchange here, um, at our property. It was the first one, first of many. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, we kind of had different people, uh, from growers to, uh, artisans, uh, um, uh, making uh, soap making and things like that to actually healthcare professionals like you described uh, earlier when we talked about services like right. introducing those services so I would set out to just have growers here and then build up slowly to having services and things like that but people just pop up in support and we already have people who are willing to lend their service expertise or their hobby for right. something else that you made at home a handmade soap a knit sweater whatever and it's just like again we're, we're creating that interconnection that our communities yeah. are made up of and that diversity that our communities are made up of that where we thrive similar to biomimicry indeed man it's a and, and i want to talk more about the app in a moment because i love how you're bringing in the modern day technology and what people are so used to now and using this to amplify this movement but what it sounds like to me is that you know it's like creating you know a more sustainable form of wealth you know so mm -hmm. instead of thinking of wealth as like cents and dollars we're thinking about wealth as in relationships and people right yeah. and it's yeah. like man what's what's more valuable you know these this paper and these coins or my relationship with you you know my relationship yeah. with you 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 and you and knowing that mm -hmm. we have enough we have all the skills and the resources we need to help one another and if we get rid of the middleman you know the rip the middle element or the middle system we can create a new system of wealth that is not only more sustainable for us as humans and improves our relationships and improves the idea of building community but it's also better for the environment right, right? we're taking right. we're taking away less resources from the environment we're taking away less resources from the earth um you know we're help we're having people um you know doing things that they're passionate about and in a lot of ways sharing their passion because a lot of times what makes us feel good is when we can share the things that we're innately gifted at and love doing with people around us and that are in our lives. And, yeah. you know, one of the things, one of the, the tricks, you know, of this system of capitalism is that it takes things that used to be relational and makes them transactional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something as simple as, you know, take, you know, asking a friend or family member to give you a ride to the airport where it used to be relational where now that 30 minute ride, I could be having a conversation and catching up with someone I love that's filling me as a human being, filling, giving me food for my soul. Whereas mm -hmm. now we can just push a button on the app and call an Uber and ride with a stranger and pay for it, but something's lost in that. Yeah, it yep. feels convenient and it's a dope business concept, et cetera, but I don't think a lot of people think of the flip side, the opportunity cost for making everything into a business. Yep. And when we, when we take things that used to be relational and make them transactional, we're losing something. And what we're losing is community. And also what we're losing is, you know, and then again, there's a there's a, um, a cost to the environment as well that, again, I won't get too deep. But I think just by me saying it, I think some people can can probably start connecting the dots on the ways right. that we're impacting the environment by putting everything into the the, the the capitalistic system that things that used to be relational that build relationships and strengthen communities um mm -hmm. so it's not intentional this is how systems work so right. you know as a systems thinker one of the things i know is that it's not about fighting it it's not about arguing and blaming and pointing the finger it's just about creating new systems that are rooted in the things that we're talking about and i feel like you know what you're doing is putting a modern modern spin on a system that humans you know, once used to be the norm, used to be the default and you're putting a modern spin on it, you know, with your outreach, you know, your, your grassroots organizing and then, you know, knocking on doors, but then you took it to another level. You said, instead of knocking on doors, 
let's expand this by creating an app that can um, accelerate and amplify the idea of people growing something and it doesn't it can they can live in wherever they live they don't have to have three and a half acres they can have just their front lawn and get some buckets or some boxes or their backyard right and anyone can do it start growing something and then sharing it on your app with their local neighbors so tell us a little more about that yeah so basically uh farm fresh 24 7 is that app and aside from just having access to local growers um it is uh for anyone who has a particular thing like uh baking bread homemade goods um homemade house cleaning items so again that's that commercialized spectrum big box spectrum where we use clorox bleach but back in the day it was more natural a uh, means of kind of uh um, antibacterial antimicrobial aspects uh you know kimchi and and probiotics and things like that so it's not even that you have to be a grower as in plants and herbs and, and produce but you can actually just be a maker of soaps or tinctures or teas and things like that and um so basically it's again creating that interlocking that interwebbing aspect of, of our community and, and reaching out to people who have those innate um uh passions that they kind of create you know we, we classify them as hobbies but it's somewhere where you can bring your hobby and exchange it for something that you actually need so you can you know uh, authentic dialogue we just use that that's that's really important especially here on our property like that's what we talk about a lot with building community conflict resolution i had a conversation with a guy the other day about the need to just he had a problem with one of our neighbors and he was mad about it and i was like hey well, maybe we should just talk to him about it like these are the things but i learned that from you you gave that to me for free in exchange. You know, you come by, I'm gonna give you some plants and bless you, send you home. But that's what that's that's how we circulate, you know, circulate that energy uh to the utmost. So that's that's basically what this is. And again, I'm kind of overshooting it given the broad scheme, but again, it's 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 a way to resource map. You get to know the people who come down to buy tomatoes or barter for tomatoes either way, and then they talk a little bit about themselves. What what they do, what moves them. And you kind of have that conversation that brings you a more of a, a intimate, you know, level. And now, hey, when I have a problem, oh, I remember this guy, let, let me call him. He's going to slide right back down and, and help me out for the, you know what I mean? So Indeed. that's just really what the, the basis is. It's just Farm Fresh 24-7, even though it says Farm Fresh, it's just an all-encompassing aspect of being sustainable and, and, and that community outreach as far as resource mapping. Um, that was that was it in a nutshell, and uh, it's been rolling so far. We have it um, really. We haven't emerged past Atlanta yet, but Atlanta is a perfect place to start something like this because uh, the airport and you know Hartsfield Jackson is the world port, so right. everybody comes through Atlanta at some point in time to catch a connecting flight or what have you. Right. So um, if we can get it started here and build the infrastructure, build that prototype here of how it works and how mm -hmm. people can envision it. They can look at it and put their hands on it. Uh, I believe it can go, you know, worldwide, you know, easily. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of, you know, um, you know, like you say, with that technological advancement, like we have the world in our palms at all times. We have communications from here to, you know, other continents in a snap of a finger. We can start to, you know, build these concept uh these models out that we conceptualize and put them on uh, uh front street if you will and you know learn how they work and then send them out like hey this is where we learned it this is how we did it don't forget this part because it won't work without this and it's kind of like just again that giving modality of just like hey let me share with you how we did it here so you can go back and do it in your own neck of the woods and um yeah indeed indeed so I understand that, you know, right now the push and the, you know, you're building right here in the metro Atlanta area. Um, but can folks in other places start download it now and maybe start creating some local buzz in their area if they would like? Absolutely. And um, that's that's kind of the call to action that has been of late. Um, as of late, uh, I've been kind of just telling people like, hey, I'm in Atlanta. Yes, I'm, I'm just really just boots on the ground, but you can do it, too. You okay. can start organizing in your neighborhood, your area. We just did a um, a presentation with the city of Jonesboro, which is kind of our, our uh, uh, next door neighbor 
uh, here in Riverdale. And we did a presentation with them and the local gardening community. And this is just all off of the love of just understanding what we can do collectively. Um, so, yeah, it's just been wonderful. And this is really, it's going to take somebody to put their boots on and kind of walk around and canvas uh, right. at the local level for this thing to actually work everywhere. But it's based off of necessity. A lot of people are uh, witnessing the frustrations of, of inflation right now. And before that, it was COVID that showed us the fragility of our food system. So within that chaos is a wonderful emergence of opportunity. Um, so I think if we just all kind of, again, take a small part to pick, you know, if you're somebody who just shares it online or somebody who actually starts to grow and share it um, with their with your community, like it's many ways we can kind of just chip away at this systematic structure that we know needs to be kind of uh, dismantled in order for a new one to evolve. Um, Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. So, yeah. So, so one of the things that we'd like to ask um, our guests is that they can share a story that has inspired them or their work, you know? Um, so is there something that comes to mind for you, like a story, a theme um, that, you know, keeps you going that maybe was an inspiration point in the past or something that just, is a constant story that kind of motivates you to do what you do. Hmm. I'm not much of a story guy, man. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm not gonna make something up on the fly either. Yeah, but, if, you um, if you don't have nothing, that's yeah, cool. We'll keep it pushing. I don't, I don't have anything. I think the first, the first story, that's my one, man. That's okay. the one that kind of the the food shortage, and I guess it's just been a compilation of the same thing over and over and over. That that's how systems work, right? So it's like, it doesn't really fix itself, it's a system. So once you find that little glitch, and you're like, hold on, that, that's not right. So it's really the same story with civil unrest and chaos based on food systems. You can say the same thing and paint the picture across the board. I just, I kind of see the same story happen over and over and over and over. And over. So, okay. Um, yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. If you can close this out with just sharing your vision of the future as it relates to hyper-local food systems? What would it be five, 10 years from now? What's your vision for the future? Five, 10 years from now, I think you touched on it. Um, we are going back into uh, the understanding uh, that we need to be in relationship to co-create with earth. And we need to uh, be stewards again of earth and kind of reclaiming our responsibility to earth so five to ten years from now, I can see the um, landscape uh, figuratively and literally changing within just uh, localized platforms. Front yards won't just be cut clean and nice and, you know, the little lines in the front. I'm seeing wild plants, uh, you know, pollinator pockets, front yard gardens, backyard gardens. I'm seeing communities rallying to support each other as far as infrastructure and kind of building their own uh, trade systems. Um, I, I just really see it coming back to where we are more in the line with our passions and purposes versus uh, bills and, and, you know, our, our monetized gains. Um, a lot of, and a lot of this is documented already, man. Everybody's talking about millennials and everybody else who's walking away from jobs and paying six figures and just saying, hey, I'm not happy. I'm right. going to go this, I'm doing this, I'm backpacking across Europe because it makes, I'm buying a tiny home and I'm living off the land because it makes me happy. I yeah. think we're going to go back into just happiness being that driving factor of success uh, versus, you know, monetization or capitalism. Yeah. Um, that's what I see. Five to 10 years is, is a, that's a quick jump to say something so bold, but I think right now time, like we're moving uh, as T.I. would say, expeditiously, man. And uh, yeah. we're kind of stacking it up really fast. And I think that's due uh, part and parcel to our technological advances. And because Indeed. we can converse with, find those like-minded people so fast, mm -hmm. again, that's that community that we're yeah. kind of building, even if it's across the globe. But um, I think it's going to circle back around being hyper-local. And, uh, you know, that's it. I, I love it. I love it. 
man, well, I think you've given the people a lot to to chew on. <laughs> you know, pun intended. Pun intended with this food with this food system conversation. And you know, um, where where can folks find you if they want to follow you? Follow the Seals Family Farm, which is your brand, which we didn't even bring up until now. But you know, yeah. Lawrence has the Seals Family Farm. Um, you know, where you do your your agro education, your agro tourism through. Um, you have the Farm Fresh, you know, twenty four seven app. So how can people continue to follow your journey? I love following you on IG. So you got to tell the people how to follow you. Yeah, I was just going to say IG is the best way for me because uh, real life nature, why I don't be on the computer like that all the time. But uh, IG, Southside Nature, S-O-U-F, Side Nature. Oh, let me say it all the way. S-O-U-F-S-I-D-E underscore nature. Um, and then Seals Family Farm on IG and uh, Facebook. Um but yeah, that's how you can follow us. But that's Farm Fresh, man. That's really, if you want to follow me, follow me there, man. That's that's it. Like follow me there and, and be the be the change that we're calling for. Um, that that means more to me than anything. Uh, we did um, open up a um, Indiegogo account, Farm Fresh twenty four seven, so we can kind of start crowdfunding. Uh, the biggest thing we're having trouble with now is marketing. And again, like I'm saying, it's just it's just a one man band right now. For now. And I'm hoping to kind of branch off and kind of get some people to help and digitally and physically as far as like passing out flyers or helping to build garden beds and installing them in people's yards. We're doing all that stuff. So Indiegogo, Farm Fresh 24-7, uh, that'll be a great support as well. Other than that, yeah, get out there and grow some. No doubt, no doubt. And I'm going to be one of those people growing something. And uh, like Lawrence said, he already blessed me with some starter plants and, and some good things recently. So Man, it's been it's been a pleasure to, to share this platform with you and introduce our listeners and watchers to Southside Nature, Sills oh, Family oh. Farm, and bro, I'll be in touch, man. But again, thank you. And to all the listeners, as you all know, I love y'all. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Grow Dialogue podcast. Remember to join our Grow Dialogue community to continue the conversation, activate authentic dialogue, and to get exclusive content, discounts, and special offers on curated artwork and music from independent artists from the Americas. Check out our show notes for more info and visit www.growdialogue.com to join our live events. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. We really appreciate your support.